0: What's up, guys? Austin here with Block Bites, and welcome to Beyond the Block. And we have got a great one for you today. So today we're chatting with one of my good friends, Keila from Cheetah, probably one of the coolest people in the entire space. We laughed our asses off at the beginning, discussed his life before crypto, current events, the SBF saga, what it really means for DeFi, and the things that we can do as the crypto community to move this space forward. I know you're gonna love it. It's actually been one of my favorite interviews that I've had the pleasure of doing. So check it out. Kila dude thank you so much for joining us man really appreciate having you here
1: my pleasure my man always good to talk to you
0: dude can we talk about how you never let me down on your attire like (laughs) you know when I saw you at consensus bro you had no buttons buttoned either like
1: (laughs) that is correct I think the first time that you that we met was in at the Phantom DC conference and I probably didn't have a shirt at that point
0: very likely well you had been uh that was when you guys were doing the hackathon. It yeah it was absolutely fucking insane time you guys ended up staying there for a while didn't you
1: yeah we stayed in abu dhabi uh the UAE in general for for yeah quite a few uh, quite a few months actually
0: <laughs> dude i actually i want to dive into that but i thought you know since i know you and like i know your personality and we can have fun i wanted to do so i got these it's called either.io but it's like the adult version so it's okay. like a, it's like a would you rather and and there's multiple decks. There's like the adult deck and then there's like the triple X deck. I don't yeah. know, we might get one of those. So, you know, if kids are watching, just letting you know this might get a little weird. I'm down <laughs> for it, man. Let's do it. All right. All right, you ready? Yeah. We're starting with a great one. All right, would you rather? <laughs> I can't <laughs> even do it with a straight face. It's on my phone. You ready? All right, would you rather have 17 testicles? Mm-hmm. Or have one testicle the size of a coconut. Ooh,
1: uh, one testicle the size of a coconut. Easy, <sighs> easy. I think seventeen testicles. Yeah, that would that would create a really difficult moose knuckle situation. Like you, <laughs> Dude, have it you, right? you have to you have to adjust things from one side to another. You know, it, it's it's a lot. I'd
0: wake up every day counting that I still had seventeen. I'd worry. At least if I had one, I knew, you know, it was still there. All, right, yeah, all right,
1: And then also if you think about it, like if you have 17, if you go to a doctor and you have to get like checked out and everything like that, he's gonna have to go through 17 different balls. And then how are you going to like, make sure that you didn't miss a ball? And so one <laughs> one giant coconut sized testicle seems like, <laughs> seems like the best fit.
0: All right, all right. I'm picking that one. All right, here we go. <sighs> okay, this is an easier one. Would you rather check your email first Every morning, or check your social networks first every morning. I know that one. They went from like hardcore to like fairy tale.
1: Yeah, I, I social social. I, I hop on social. Twitter probably first thing in the morning. Okay,
0: all right. So let me see if I can get us uh, a decent one here. Okay, oh, God, this is so bad. All right, would you rather remove your thumbnail with a fork? Okay, or Put your, put a toothpick under your big toenail and kick a wall. Oh, Ooh, Jesus.
1: Ooh, I think <sighs> I would rather do picking it off with a fork. Cause that way I can, I can oh. adjust, I can adjust it easier <sighs> than if I'm kicking a wall. That seems like it's going to be uh, just God a sharp pain. I've had my toenails like re- removed multiple times, not by, not like by purpose playing soccer stuff like that people step on your feet Mm -hmm. toenails eventually fall off black toenails all that kind of good stuff so i mean yeah that's fine with me
0: dude so normally clay does these interviews with me and like he classes it up a little bit and like he starts leaving it to me and we're just like we're just going down the rabbit hole
1: anybody who knows me at zero class so keep going austin
0: all right cool cool i'm gonna go with um I'm going to go with the thumbnail thing just because kicking a wall with a toothpick made me cringe. I can't even think about it. Yeah. All right. So let's let's go here. Oh. Oh, okay. All right. We're back to the triple X pack. You ready? Nice, All right. Yes, w- would you rather have sex with somebody who never showers or with somebody who never brushes their teeth? Whew, man, it's terrible. Mm.
1: I would rather have sex with somebody who doesn't brush their teeth. That's yeah. Kissing is optional, right? Exactly, exactly. And you can, if their breath is really bad, you can always turn them around and just, you know, face the same direction. You know.
0: key ladies and gentlemen here he is <laughs> <laughs> all right i think i think we should stop like for just for the sake of like block bites in general so that that people don't go oh my god i can't watch this channel any longer i'm not going to do any more of those but i think i'm going to bust a few out on like somebody you know who's maybe you know i know you so i knew i could get away with that shit. yeah so all right yeah, you should and you know what i
1: i, I do want to point out that i am very sad this year because my the the one like celebrity crush that i wanted to or like that i had my my hall pass with Mm -hmm. was queen elizabeth oh yeah yeah and then she passed away and then she died yeah liz
0: Um, liz yeah
1: yeah, i'll never never get the chance
0: moment of silence for liz you you didn't get get her. you didn't get to show her your crown jewels is what you're saying
1: (laughs) i did not not.
0: (laughs) so so, dude, we got to turn this around. All right, let's turn this around a little bit. So, all right, bro, let's start from the beginning. Like, I want to know all about you. Where, where are you from? What did you do with your life before crypto? Like, how did you get here?
1: Yeah, so shit. Um, from the Netherlands. So, born and raised, I'm born and raised in the Netherlands. Um, how I actually got into crypto, my journey into crypto started as an exotic dancer. Um so I was dancing for some time and then eventually I would get a bunch of clients uh, asking if they could pay in crypto. Um and you know why may you ask? Uh they didn't want their partners to see, you know, Thrilla and Makilla on their credit card statement or anything along those lines. Yes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought to myself, you know, why not? It's extra way to get paid dancing. Um so one day sat down with uh with one of the clients Uh, during a dance session we set up my wallet um i wrote down my seed phrase on a hundred dollar bill um and ever since then it just started raining satoshis man dude this is the
0: best how did you get into crypto story i've ever heard man all right and all right
1: okay hold on hold on go on yeah that was that was a lie was that a lie? Because it really,
0: it really would have been. I wouldn't have judged you. Like, come on, dude. Like, you, you shook no, your so- ass and you got paid. I mean, let's get paid.
1: Yeah. I mean, hey, res- respect, respect to that. But the reason, Bro, reason why I told that story, is because, like, everybody else's story is always so cool. Like, yeah, I got into crypto because of drugs, or I got into crypto because you know, uh, the dark web or gambling or something along those lines. And then my real story is kind of lame. Uh, so I just, I, I throw out that story instead, but my real story is, um, I started through hackathons. I was a university student and, uh, and so I would go to a bunch of different hackathons all across, all across the country. Like every weekend, it was just flying out, going to these hackathons, building something that we thought was cool. Um, picking up a bunch of swag, you know, meeting people, developing your skills and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then eventually, I went to a hackathon called Money Twenty Twenty in Vegas. It was 2014, uh, and there was a uh, there was a sponsor there. They were Blockchain.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a challenge, you know, do something with their API. Um, so we built built something with their API. But of course, if you're if you're at a hackathon, you're always talking to the sponsors and everything like that. And so they were hyping up, you know, BTC so much. They were hyping it up. Um, you know, it's, it's the way of the future. And this, this whole conference is, you know, future of money and all that kind of good stuff. And so, um, you know, we, we did the challenge also what had, you know, piqued my interest into BTC at that point when they were talking about it was the founder of Silk Road actually was an alumni for my school. And so I think in 2013, he got arrested, um, and so there was a lot of chatter at my school about uh, about his arrest, and you know the school wanted to take him off of their like alumni list and all that kind of good stuff. And so um, I had already heard about BTC um, from from that, and so it was just it was just cool uh, built something. Didn't do too much with it um, until the next year. The next year went back to that uh, went back to that hackathon money twenty twenty. And everybody was talking about Ethereum, and it sounded like a fucking scam. The amount of people that were like, you know, it's the, it's the future. You got to get into it now. It sounded like an MLM. You know, like I've been right. in I've been in class where you have these people who are doing MLMs and they really try and sell you this uh, this yeah. story. Um, but after you know, after looking into it more and more, it you know, it made sense. It was really cool, um, and so just started learning more about it. After that, also I started to produce hackathons all over the country. Um, so me and a group of uh, a group of people got together, and we started hosting some of the largest hackathons in the U.S. Um, you know, from environmental hackathons to artificial intelligence hackathons, you know, hardware ones. it Doesn't matter. Um, and then we also started to host uh, blockchain blockchain ones, um, and yeah, it like the love the love for blockchain just to continue to grow um most of the teammates that we have on our team we actually met through hackathons uh you know like for example Pablo he would go yep. to a lot of hackathons that I would host motherfucker would win like Dude. a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and so we uh you know we became really good friends and everything along those lines um and yeah that's that's really my true story in to crypto but uh the exotic dancing one is better
0: dude so i think with the exotic dancing i'm gonna i'm gonna have Emmett like snip that and okay. we're just gonna we're just gonna put it out like here's the story of Keila. he was a stripper and that's you know rich people wanted to pay him in, in btc and and here he and he still has the hundred it should be you holding up the hundred dollar bill with your seed phrase on it so all right. So on the hackathons front, so where does you, you told me where Pablo comes in? Where does where does Benjamin come in? Um, Benjamin
1: was also from from hackathon, so he would, he would also be attending attending hackathons as well, oftentimes on the team on Pablo's team and everything like that as well. Um, okay. And you know they 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 would kill it. Like they were like they were a fantastic. Like fantastic group. They would win a lot of the hackathons. Um, and I mean, my, my whole thing is, you know, try and get around people that are way smarter than myself. Um, and so it was like hackathons are a brilliant place to do that. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of how the the
0: three of us really met. So like, what was one of the coolest things you ever saw produced at one of your hackathons? Like, like something that just stuck with you? Uh, yeah. Something
1: that, uh, something that stuck with me. I mean, uh, there was a there was a lot of different things uh, there eventually became a point to where, you know, when like in 2017 and, and yeah, in 2017, everybody was trying to throw the word blockchain into whatever they were building mm-hmm. just to just to build on the hype. I think the one of the things that stuck out to me was a team in a 24 hour period of time. They built like this very large hamster wheel that. Uh, it was like a standing desk, but it was a hamster wheel, which like as you walked, it charged your laptop and everything like that. Uh, not because it was like super, like super innovative, but it was a huge hamster wheel. And uh, it, I guess just the the sheer size and mass of it um, kind of sticks in my brain.
0: I love it. Amazing. Yeah. All right, so so you're doing these these hackathons. Uh, when did you do the first one? I mean, it was called Money 2020 when you originally said it. So I'm like, all right, cool. 2020. That's not when it was, though. No, uh, it was 2014. 2014. Okay. So yeah. when people were talking about Ethereum, literally, it was just happening then. Like, it yeah, was yeah just it was launching. just happening. Yeah,
1: correct. Okay. It was just all happening right. Cool. There. And then, of course, like when things are just happening and all that kind of stuff, there's there's you know a lot of energy and a lot of you know excitement about it, which you know, when people have that excitement and that energy, it bleeds into other people, especially if you're, you know, young and looking to build stuff for a hackathon and all that kind of good stuff.
0: So, all right. So, you recruit Benjamin and Pablo, or you guys? You know, well, you guys was, get together.
1: Yeah, yeah, we get together. It wasn't like a, a recruiting thing. It was, it was like we, like we became friends through through hackathons, and then we just started talking about more things and um you know we we started to you know we started to work together on on other different different projects and then eventually it came to a point where we we all love we all love the blockchain space like we're all really into it we um we saw a big a big need and also we saw a really cool opportunity with polygon when polygon was kind of you know um starting to starting to come onto the scene in like 20, like late 2020, we were like, whoa, this is freaking amazing that you can do transactions at such a cheap price. Because I mean, for all of us, we really loved we loved Ethereum. We loved, for example, MakerDAO, uh, all of these different protocols that were on Ethereum, but it's expensive. And for most of us, we're still college students. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of money. Um, it's a lot of money to use and so when we saw polygon and like what you know what you were able to do on it for like fractions of the cost it you know opened up a lot of ideas in our mind and so you know we we looked at a bunch of different things stable coins you know stable coins made sense we also wanted to you know build something that anybody you know anybody could use no matter like how much money they have um uh because with you know with for example maker um to mint die you need at least like 10 k to do anything um for a lot of people in the world they don't have 10k to do like uh, to do stuff and so um yeah we we tried to pick you know pick some of the best pieces of a lot of different protocols and yeah
0: now we got cheetah and here we are. So you, you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned that you had identified a need. So like, what specifically was that? Like what was missing? Now you had mentioned the barrier to entry, like with, with MakerDAO, uh, is that it or is there more to that? Cause I know, I know your protocol fairly well. I know that you guys do a lot of things differently than a lot of other lending platforms.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it was, it was really trying to make, we we really wanted to try and make the, like, the best lending experience that we could so we, we one was the the barrier to entry for like into and stuff like that our the protocols on ethereum was very big so having it on polygon makes it accessible for almost anyone then also we wanted to get rid of of interest so we didn't feel like it was necessary for you to pay interest borrowing against your own assets um and so um yeah we we went ahead and went with uh with that route and then also as we started to as we started to build and we started to see there's this kind of cross chain narrative you know growing we we started to kind of explore other chains and started to then also deploy on other chains and allow people from any kind of community uh, use their assets as collateral to mint stable coins. Because again, you've got hardcore people on, for example, Phantom or Polygon or uh, Optimism or whatnot, they may not want to move move around, but we still wanted to give them an option to use their collateral as, uh, or use their assets as collateral.
0: So with, with a, a stable coin like my, and and you guys are on a bunch of chains, which presents, I think a massive problem in that you guys have to create a market a stable market for your stable coin on every chain Mm -hmm. uh you know i mean bridging to other chains like if it's if it's stable on polygon right and it and it you know maybe goes off peg on another chain maybe somebody will bridge it over and take the arb from that but i mean like i i remember when you guys deployed on phantom and i watched and and you're just going chain 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 and having to set up markets on every chain and then get people participating. Like there's a lot of work involved there.
1: There is it's, you know, stable coins are not easy. I think, uh, people, people may think, yeah, okay. You, you know, you create a token and and you're good, good to go. But if a stable coin is not stable, then it's, you know, pretty much, uh, pretty much useless. And so it takes a lot of, a lot of time and effort. Uh, it takes a lot of money to be, um, making sure that that peg, you know is within within that range it's a soft peg for for us so you know within one percent up or down um but yeah it's uh it's a lot of work it's a lot of business development making sure that you have partner like partners that can help out um you know maybe you take you know you take uh, a partner's token as collateral and they help you out with you know providing some liquidity um you know uh teams are like blockchain teams as in like um like the network also their team really like we really try and partner as much as we can with like the the networks team like for example polygon or or phantom or you know avalanche optimism all that kind of stuff um to see what they would be also able to do in terms of grants to help you know help seed low seed some liquidity um so yeah it's it's a bunch of bd it's a bunch of thinking outside the box we have we have the my my die LPs coming out as well pretty soon, which uh, hopefully will um, will help us in that in that path to creating deeper liquidity without having to pay a shit ton for it. Um, and because yeah, that's you know that's our that's one of our keys for growing is if we don't have deep liquidity where people can you know move in and out of my without affecting the peg, then we're limited in our growth.
0: What's been the, so what's been the biggest struggle in that regards for you guys? Like, like I would imagine, I guess, is that over time, this has been like a massive learning curve on how to go about doing this, interacting with different communities. You know, you've got Balancer on one chain, but Balancer doesn't live on the other chain. And so you've got to, you know, figure out how you're going to do that. Like, what have, what have been the struggles you guys have seen doing that because you've managed to do it remarkably.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first, the first struggle was making sure that your token was was fungible across you know different chains when one of the first uh, or one like the second chain that we were actually on was uh, was solana and so we had uh we had a partner there somebody that i actually knew from from hackathons they had created a uh a dex on solana it's called saber and um you know, we, we struck up a partnership, cool. They would be incentivizing, you know, my liquidity over there. When we went over to Solana, we saw that there was a shit ton of like a different versions of USDC. You have wormhole USDC, you have this bridge mm-hmm. USDC, you have that. And that meant that the liquidity for all of those were just, you know, it was, um, it was fractionalized, right? Like you have liquidity for this one, you have to provide liquidity for this one, blah, blah, blah. And so we didn't want to have uh, we didn't want to have that same scenario where you have a bunch of different types of my and then if you have a bunch of different types of my on a chain, which one are you incentivizing? then mm-hmm. you're basically marrying to a specific bridge uh, which can be very dangerous. If that bridge goes down, then, then you're ultimately fucked. Okay. Um, and so we, um, you know we, we thought of a way of trying to trying to mitigate that which um, became canonical bridging and all that kind of stuff. So basically, we were the only ones that can mint my on, on the chain, then we would provide liquidity on the bridges to where bridges can now, um, you know, they'll take my from one chain, and then they're like letting the user take our my uh, liquidity from, uh, from that other chain.
0: Got it, got it. And, and when you say canonical, for anyone that doesn't know, it's just the the kind of proof of authority. Like, this is yours. You're the only one that can actually issue this, right? Yeah. Okay, got it. How many chains are you guys on right now?
1: Um. Yeah, so you can mint. You can mint my on, like, 12 different chains, but you can use my on 20 different chains. I can't right? even
0: name 20 different chains. I mean, yeah, I could have bro, had it's, DeFi yeah, Llama, it's, but...
1: It, it's, uh, it's rough, but the thing is, it's like we we wanted to we wanted to explore we wanted to explore we wanted to give uh, different people the opportunity to uh to see different chains especially my users if you're minting it on polygon and like you have your assets there but you have your my you can go and explore yield uh, mm-hmm. across all of these different chains like you can go to you know boba network and explore yield you can go to milkomeda which is the cardano um evm chain and ex- and explore yield so uh, we wanted to make my one of the most cross chain assets out there. And, you know, that's, that's what it, uh, that's what it is. But I mean, for like, for our main focus, our main focus is on our, are on a couple core, uh, core chains, because we see kind of their, their growth being a lot higher, but we've got the infrastructure that we can, you know, like we can put in any chain and kind of grow as we start seeing those those chains growing as well
0: what's up guys just want to take a quick break and say thanks for tuning in if you're enjoying the show so far do us a favor hit that like button make sure you subscribe to the channel and turn your notifications on so you never miss a video now back to the interview so you guys obviously have had uh, a stress test this year like everyone have every every lending protocol got stress tested this year Uh, we yes Correct. We've had a lot of
1: stress tests from last year to this year. Uh, within our first, within the first month that mm-hmm. uh, that we launched, there was Black Swan event, uh, May 2021. Um, so yeah, we were stress tested then. We've been stress tested quite uh, quite a bit, but the peg has the peg has remained like very stable throughout mm-hmm. uh, throughout all of these. Events.
0: What's your take on uh, what's going on with Solana? right now i mean i'm not really like hugely up to speed with it but i see like the our heart goes out to you posts on you know on twitter and things like that
1: yeah no they have they have a a good community but the thing is is that when you have most of the tvl coming from a like a few like a few investors or a few whales you know these type of situations can happen Mm -hmm. um and as you saw, like FTX, maybe I'll just go into, like, the whole, like, FTX. again. Like, you know, uh, I think a lot of people, they're, like, they're calling for more transparency within crypto. Um, but if most people really took their heads out of their asses, they would see that, like, the beauty of crypto is, is transparency. Um, like... Would this whole situation with FTX have happened if it was all on chain? If you could verify everything? Likely not, um, like if, you know, this is what happens when you have middlemen in like, in these scenarios. Uh, and I think it really shows kind of a a use case or it's a showcase really for DeFi, this whole FTX collapse. Um, and I think it's a framing issue because like, look, DeFi crypto, crypto is doing exactly what it was supposed to do. Um, the issue really is centralization. Um, you know, crypto was built to avoid these type of situations. Um, and I think the people that really understood that are, are really kind of crypto native people or DeFi native people. They really didn't have too much money in FTX or in Celsius or in, you know, all of these other ones that have gone down. Um, you know, because these are these are centralized organizations and they're not building towards what most crypto enthusiasts really have in mind when they think of the future of, of crypto. I think what lured most people in was a fancy, fancy UI or just ease, like ease of use. And yeah, exactly. Of course, ease of course, use, man. You know, promise of being rich and, and ease of use. Match those two together and you're going to get a lot of uh, a lot It's like of an MLM. Of- it's
0: like, uh, you know. It's like- yeah. Selling Herbalife or something like that.
1: Exactly. But then while well, doing so that you have that that lack of transparency. Hmm. Um, and like in my mind, and again, this is also coming from somebody who's been in the space for a while. Like, what can you do in the centralized space that you can't really do in DeFi? Um, like, yeah, okay. You have like on and off, on and off ramps maybe, but almost everything else you have decentralized option like if you want to if you want to trade cool you've got dexes easy Mm -hmm. if you want to lend you've got maker you've got liquidity you've got us you've got you know uh, you've got a ton of options you've got Mm ave um you know um you know how many of those how many of those protocols shut down withdrawals
0: None. none of them yeah. Not a damn one, and that and that's kind of the point, you know. I was watching, so man, I can't help but go down like the rabbit hole, conspiracy <laughs> theories on SBF. you know, like they're gonna they're gonna release the orgy tape here in a couple days. It's gonna blast everywhere. Even if you don't want to see it, you're probably gonna see it. But well, I do like, want to see it though. But... Like yeah, I every, yeah, I know, I know. So like everyone, so so SBF's dad, you know, uh worked really closely with uh, Elizabeth Warren, who's the one that's calling for this hardcore regulation, and then you've got uh, Caroline, Caroline Ellison. I think that's her last name. Caroline Ellison's Ellison's dad used to work with Gensler over at MIT and he's meeting with SBF and, you know, all this, I don't know, crazy shit. And it's all, you know, it's all conspiracy theories, but the thing I, you know, I kind of feel like they didn't plan on in this. If there is a, if there is a conspiracy there is all they did is they went back to 2009 and they reproved the exact reason that this was all created. For sure that's all they did they just went sure. right back to it and said you know what yes we fucked it up uh we the the single point of failure is what screwed it up Correct. and i think let me ask you a question so what is what is the biggest barrier to entry is it is it ease of use is it, is it action is it uh, that you know ninety percent of the people that own crypto got in it because their friends got in it when it was up at sixty k Bitcoin and and you know now they're just sitting around and don't care anymore? Like, what do you think it is that prevents everyone from self custody?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I do think ease of ease of use is is a big one, and we probably need to do better as an industry in terms of DeFi of making things easier for people uh, people to use. Um. Hype, like um, the fact of you have something that's easy to use, and then you have a lot of hype around something. It it does create this, it does create this a situation where um, you'll have now a lot of people who don't aren't really going in there because they, you know, they have this feeling of I want to, you know, I want to control my own money. It's more of like I want to make I want to make a quick buck because I see a bunch of people making, you know, making a lot of money on this thing, what's the easiest way for me to do that? And again, that's most people when they're even trying to like exercise or try and, you know, get six pack quickest way to get a six pack. It's Mm -hmm. probably not the best way to get a six pack or anything like that. Um, you're probably not going to get a six pack, but people nowadays just want like quick and easy. Um, and if we want to bring more people into the self, you know, self custody space, yeah, we'll, have to likely make it you know quick and easy not everybody not everybody is as savvy or as as tech savvy as as you austin the the tech savvy genius um so stop (laughs) Stop it right now (laughs) no is is it more complicated yes um and we just need to do a better job you know of uh of making it easy and then I I just I, I hope that people now see that you don't need you don't need middlemen. You don't need, you know, institutions or something like that to tell you how like how you can spend your money. Um, you know, I'm not saying that everybody needs to be a DeFi user. I think that having, you know, some centralized options is is fine. Um, you know, some people are just more comfortable letting other people control your money, control their money. That's absolutely fine. But just know that like just know the risks of it and like that DeFi is an option because at the end of the day it's all about choice and you know that's what i think that we need um and that's what DeFi really gives people is that choice like now you have a choice not to give people um people money you have a choice to handle your own money you have the choice to move it around however you see fit instead of how somebody else you know sees fit it's really bringing back the term personal finances because now it's actually personal it's it's your fucking money Mm -hmm. you can you can do you know whatever whatever you want with it yeah it has some drawbacks you could lose you could lose your money if you send it to the wrong place um but i would rather i would rather lose my own money than give it to somebody else and and have them lose it um i to your question it's it's really you know like why is crypto special to you, and I think people like people need to think about that because it's going to be different all around the world you, you have people in Argentina reason why they use crypto is to get away from inflation of their country like seventy or over seventy percent inflation of their of their currency if you're asking people from Ukraine is to be able to get money like out or have access to their money when when banks wouldn't give them access to their money. Um, you know, immigrants in the United States be able to send money back home quick and easy without, you know, just real real easy, no questions asked, they can send money back home. Like shit, if you look, I think there was an example in Lebanon not too long ago where you had people robbing banks, not not to like get somebody else's money just to withdraw their own fucking money. Mm -hmm. Like they went to a fucking bank (laughs) to rob them to get their own money out. Like this, like that's insane. And this is kind of why you need DeFi. And like, hopefully we can maybe get some, some people from the DeFi industry into a room with the regulators and come up with policies that aren't fueled by greed and shit like that, because to this point, Like the only people that have really been talking to these regulators have been like these centralized entities. And clearly that hasn't worked out too Mm. well.
0: There are some heroes though, out there, uh, that are, you know, people at the blockchain association or the digital chamber of commerce that have been, they've been on the hill fighting for this, you know, for, I mean, the better part of a decade at this point. And I was, you know, as you were talking, so I think about my dad, right? My dad Mm -hmm. hit me up during actually the beginning of the last bull run said what would you buy i said i said if you don't have a time frame just buy btc and eth and forget you own it right yeah Yeah. and and honestly where i've failed is he he still keeps it on coinbase uh Mm. it's there and i think the reason he does that is because he's used to a fidelity account yeah where Mm fidelity is not your stocks aren't going to get hacked out of your fidelity account like that's not how that's going to go down uh and you know whereas coinbase of all the solutions or kraken they may be like if I were to put my money somewhere it would probably be one of those two but I mean even so my lack of showing him how to self-custody is really my lack of teaching him why this is important like what does this actually mean because for for most people they think of if they think of a Bitcoin they've actually got to put They've got to put like an image in their head of like, yeah. what is this that, you know, to say it's, it's just an entry on a worldwide ledger somewhere. And all they're doing is pulling it off of one and putting it on another, uh, that doesn't really, it doesn't really jive. Right. No, There's no actual really- coins involved here, right. <laughs> you know? Right. So I don't know. You yeah. You can't anything about that.
1: No, it, it's, it's very true. It, it's, it's very true, which, you know, we, we have to. Like if we want to be getting your dad into the space we're we're gonna have to adapt to make things easy enough for your dad to get in the space and, and not get fucked. I mean, these regulators, what they wanted to do was to protect investors. And I think you know, I think they've seen that keeping things super centralized is maybe not the way to do that. yeah, mm-hmm. um, like I, I see, like, I think long run, this is exactly what DeFi needed. Like, we needed to drain the swamp. We needed to drain all of this fucking bullshit. Um, that's, that's kind of all the centralized bullshit that's around here. Um, you know, did we get set back a few years? Maybe. But I think that it will help the industry mature. Um, you know, I think that it will be hard for anybody to now say that, you know, anybody to say, you know, what's the use case for DeFi? This is the fucking use case for DeFi. Like, yeah, you, you saw it now first fucking hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just need to be able to take these lessons and now apply them. Like, apparently, we didn't fucking learn the lesson with Mt. Gox. Like, we uh, hopefully, maybe now with like FTX, um, we would have learned to that lesson. Because at the end of the day, One thing I can tell you for fucking sure, people will fuck you over, but one thing that will not fuck you over is mathematics and code. Like Mm -hmm. math does not fucking lie. If it's, uh, you know, if it's transparent code and all that kind of shit, you're able to look at it, um, see exactly what's going on. Um, No fuckery behind the scenes, you know?
0: That's it question for you what are you most excited about right now like we're in a bear market shit's weird i it's it's hard to build in a bear market i mean we're, we're cranking out content at block bites and i watched the twitter follower count continue to like dwindle like it, it actually goes mm. negative surprisingly really? yeah it's weird i don't know I, I i don't blame Elon. it's not his fault you know but, <laughs> but 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 like what are you most excited about right now for cheat out or for like anything you've seen out in the market like you know yeah what what gets your nibbles hard, bro?
1: Oh, I mean, there's, there's a lot that gets my nipples hard. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, in terms is, of this you know I mean? space, um, yeah. When you say it's when you say it's hard hard to build in, in the bear, I think it's maybe different for different uh, different spaces. Like for us, um, there was a lot of noise in the bull market. There was a lot of you know promises that were made in the bull market. Um, there's a lot of people that were popping up that maybe didn't have the best intentions in those in those markets. I think right now uh, in the bear you're starting to see more focused builders, builders that are also focused on creating really solid projects rather than just like fucking hype projects. Um which I I that's what I'm also excited for. I think that protocols are going to have to show like real value um and have like real revenues and like real yield not Not this like phantom phantom yield. When I say phantom, like not not like pH. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um you know, that are just pushing out tokens and hoping for speculation to drive drive price up. Yeah, I I see that you know they're gonna have to actually bring bring value to people and and have a reason for people to use them. Um otherwise they're not going to last. So when it comes to a builders, builder standpoint, it's it's actually so it's easier to build because now you can just heads down focus on like your your core things and making your product better instead of trying to follow any hype you know high trains or anything along those lines what is harder is when you look at your community and like you're hopping into discord and everything like that you're working really hard as a team um and then like people are just mad that the number's not like high and all that kind of stuff. And so like you have mm-hmm. a little bit more negative sentiment in, in everybody's community, like, oh, you guys aren't doing enough to make the number go up. I'm like, bro, look at the entire market. Like
0: <laughs> Nobody's doing shit. It wouldn't it wouldn't be effective anyhow.
1: I mean, like, yeah, if, if BTC and ETH are fucking taking taking a dive, everything is taking a dive, mate. So um so yeah, I'm yeah, I'm excited. For uh, at least my my view is that there should be a bigger push towards DeFi and decentralization um, because of what has happened. And then even if you look at our space, um, which is the stablecoin space, well, lending, and then you also have stablecoin lending for sure. We saw what happens with all of these different uh, centralized lenders. So hopefully, people will shift over to the decentralized space because there's a lot of a lot of freaking options. Um, for you, um, but then also in the stablecoin space, we saw what was happening with, you know, USDC and USDT. They're able to, you know, um, they're able to like blacklist um, blacklist addresses or, you know, anybody who was using Tornado Cash. Like now, now do they have their USDC? I, I hope that more and more people will see things like this and have then a push towards more decentralized options like maybe my or or lusd for example in terms of stablecoin space so mm-hmm. um yeah those are some things that i'm pretty excited about at least
0: let's go let's go dude all right so the world the world's uh crashing in the crypto space i don't know you know like i got in 2017 you've obviously been around longer than me but like it's almost at this point kind of just a race to the bottom like like when when the ftx saga hit it, it went from uh it went from yeah everything's probably fine but like keep an eye on it you know because they're mm-hmm. definitely well capitalized to holy shit get every penny you can out of there to you know all, where we are now but like when i watch that happen uh it's you know i've been through that so many times that it's kind of like hey man this is just a natural part of the cycle like like we, we got to separate the wheat from the chaff. It's like when they, yeah. you know, they do a controlled burn, right? Well, maybe this, yeah. maybe this isn't as controlled, but it is a burn and it's, let's get rid of the bad elements and then, right. you know, what's left is going to be true and correct.
1: Correct. Uh, I mean, that's, um, some people may not like the, the, uh, the analogy that I use, but drain the swamp, like we, we needed a draining of the swamp and mm-hmm. uh, in our space. And you know, hopefully now this is the beginning of, of the swamp drain.
0: I see a lot of people like, you know, especially around this drama, like you've got, you've got half the crowd going, this is the regulator's fault because they didn't regulate on time. And then you've Mm got, you know, half the crowd saying it's, it's someone else's fault. And I think that the truth is like crypto is a great transfer of wealth. It has, it has the opportunity Mm -hmm. to be that, right. At least it's been that for, you know, a lot of people that I know. And I think in any nascent industry where you've got, you've got, you know, low or lack of regulation and the ability to just get your hands on billions of dollars, human greed's going to take over, uh, and, and, you know, especially human greed fueled by Adderall and meth or whatever the hell they were doing with their orgies. But like, but, but I get it. And I think, I think the problem is, is human beings, uh, honestly, like as long as humans are put in a position to have this level of control, yeah then we will continue to fuck it up and and i think that's the beauty of code that's the beauty of smart contracts that's the beauty of you know of what decentralized finance offers and and for anyone that understands it and looks at it like it it should be at least i look at it as this is one of the crowning achievements of our species like the yeah. our ability to do this because these countries take when they take your money and they will
1: mm-hmm.
0: i mean they could they could put you in jail right yep. but but they could they could keep you free and take your money and essentially you're in jail. You got, that's it. You're done. Correct. You know. Correct. So no, that, we're, we're moving in the right direction.
1: Yeah one one hundred percent. I think it's just really going to be a, a framing a framing issue where like we are framing this properly as like the DeFi space. Like look what happened. There is not crypto. That is not DeFi. Like FTX Celsius. That is not DeFi at all. Like somebody else had your money. This is why you need to be in D 4 or at least have an understanding of that option. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. just understand the risks of there. This is an option for you. You've got benefits, you've got risks of it's got risks of it own of its own, like for example, smart contract risk or you know, just you fucking up in sending your money somewhere else or uh, or getting hacked. But um, I, I think framing is a big point, and then yeah, education for sure
0: mm-hmm. for sure yeah it's one of those things man it's one of those things so all right last last question
1: keep them coming man
0: what has been what has been your most proud moment as a builder in DeFi? like I know that I'm kind of putting you on the spot I I should have told you about that question before we started before we started recording but like what's if you think back like what is your the one moment that really stands out to you like fuck, I can I can really take that one with me.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think this is a story that I, I kind of um tell sometimes is we had a a user, user in, in India. Um, you know, they use crypto as kind of their savings account because again, inflation and all that kind of stuff. So they keep their money usually in crypto um as like their savings. And he had an emergency like dental procedure that he needed to do and he didn't want to have to sell all of his crypto and all of his savings to um, to afford that surgery Uh, and so what he was able to do with Dao was use that crypto keep that crypto use it as collateral borrow stable coins take those stable coins off ramp pay for pay for his surgery uh, and then still get to keep everything that he's been saving up and so I mean again, he's he's a he's long on his his assets. I think mostly was like ETH, BTC and Somatic. He was long, he's long on those. And so he had the opportunity to not wipe himself completely clean and not have any you know, not see any of the price gains that will be coming in the next few years. Um he was able to keep that and still get his uh surgery. So that at least is I think a pretty oh yeah. When when I heard that, I was like, fuck, yeah, that's that's really cool. I'm super happy that we were able to build something that allows him to
0: do that. That's you know, that's one one thing I think a lot of people I don't know how many people miss it, but like I missed it for a little while is that you're you're caught up in the Twitter whatever gossip mill train, you know, just the random shit that's going on you know, we see avatars and we talk to people and all we see is, you know, it's a frog smoking a cigar. And so we, you know, okay, that's who we're talking to. Right. Yeah. But the reality is like, there's a person behind there with hopes and dreams and fears and, you know, desires. And uh, a lot of people in this space have their hopes and dreams wrapped up in this space, right. For a hope for a future that they may not have. Otherwise, that was me. Like, you know, I'm college dropout. I, I -hmm. shouldn't be getting to live the life that I live according to society, but I do because of a couple of lucky buys and sticking it out, you know what I mean? Like, so, <laughs> but, but I think, you know, for people that, that do stick around, if you want to be like really fulfilled and like, like truly in this thing, get to know the people behind it. And that's what your story just reminded me of is like, wow, yeah. look at, look at how that actually affected his life. Uh, and it's probably there's probably dozens of scenarios like that, that you don't know about that have also happened.
1: Yeah, correct, correct. I think most like you said, most people, they just think that, all right, well, what am I really going to do this this barring for borrow and buy more crypto? No, there's a there's a lot of people who like like you said, their their lives and and their dreams are tied up in in this like in this space and in crypto. And they have this this feeling that everything like it's going to it's going to progress, which I think, you know, it it will um and i mean maybe maybe there's a couple months where you need help with you know gas money or you need help with getting groceries or something along those lines and you don't want to sell your shit like you don't want to sell everything that you fucking worked for um you know borrow borrow against it zero percent interest um also what's nice about being able to borrow against your assets is it's you know again some places it's not a taxable event Mm -hmm. um and so you don't have to be taxed on you know assets you know buying an asset and then selling it for for stable coins um uh, so yeah i mean it's there there really are it's real people behind this which have real lives it's not just a bunch of you know maniacs that made a shit ton of money that are just playing you know playing a game there's like real money in this
0: hell yeah keila dude you're a fucking legend, bro. Thank you so much for for coming on and chatting with us today, man. I always always love seeing you. Always love having you on. Hey, dude, hey, if you've been watching this and you haven't liked this video subscribe to the channel, I don't know what the hell you're doing with your life. Do me a favor, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. I should have asked you to do that at the beginning of the video. Maybe I'll maybe I'll edit this and just throw it at the beginning of the video. I probably won't. It's fine. Dude, thanks so much, brother. Always a pleasure. My love pleasure. Sign man. us out. Talk soon. Take it easy.